Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The debate is over. Now it's time to talk. This is Debate Night in Late Night on Channel Q. Here is your host, Jared Hill. Debate Night in Late Night is all the way live. I'm Jared Hill. And uh, what a night it has been. I, I... If you've listened to Channel Q at all today, I've been telling you guys that I thought tonight might be a spicy one, and my God, it was a spicy one. <laughs> we had quite the debate tonight uh, coming out of Las Vegas with uh, the six presidential candidates up on the stage, and it was a very interesting one. Um, I want to introduce my panel of guests and jump right into it. Up first, he is the chairman of the Law Cabin Republicans of California. He is Matthew Craffy. Hello. She is the founder of Girl Talk HQ and the author of today's Wonder Women. She's Ashadaya. I am. Hello. Welcome aboard. And he is the co-host of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. His name is Ryan Mitchell. Thrilled to be here. Listen, <laughs> you guys, can we just like just get right in? Ooh. So I was teasing on the other shows uh, earlier today saying that each of the six candidates, five of them have targets on their backs for different reasons. The only person who didn't have a target on their back tonight was Elizabeth Warren. I say each of them because Michael Bloomberg came into this, A, with his first debate, right? It's the first mm-hmm. time we've really seen him answering questions and having to rebut folks. But also, we've had all these crazy comments that have been coming out of from him over the last few years. But then also, he's been surging in the polls, right? So yeah. he's he's right. a leading candidate now. In some states, he's number one. He's number two or number three in, others, in other crazy. polling. Bernie has a target on his back because... He won in New Hampshire, and he yeah. placed very well in Iowa, and he's really showing well in the national polls. Joe Biden has a target on his back, I think, because if you ever saw like a boxing champion uh, who was like really losing a match and had was up against the ropes, that's Joe Biden right now. And all it's going to take is one real good blow to take him out. Um, and I felt like that is what made him vulnerable tonight. Mm. Amy Klobuchar, I think, also has a target on her back tonight coming in because she's done better than people expected her mm-hmm. to do, especially in New Hampshire, right? Yep. Coming in with a third place win. I think Pete Buttigieg um, also has a target on his back because he technically won Iowa, came in second in New Hampshire, and is doing well nationally. But this Nevada, this Nevada uh, caucus is going to be probably the first time we don't see him in sp- space number one or two. Which means Elizabeth Warren is really the one that has to come out swinging tonight. Yeah. And my God, did Elizabeth Warren yes. come out swinging tonight? <laughs> I, I, what is you guys' top line thoughts on on Elizabeth Warren? My my first thought was yes, she's back. Bring it. Thank you for hammering the people that needed to be hammered, <clears throat> Mike Bloomberg, but also like going there with the details of the policy, which is what she's really good at. And watching her, you know, being able to balance those two really well that she's good at, it's like, okay, I can see her going up against Trump and she can hold her own. She's not going to falter. She's not going to misstep. She's going to know exactly what she's talking about and she's going to be able to come out swinging. So for me, it was a great night for her. I think Elizabeth Warren, uh, her first time up at bat, if you will, tonight, right? She got up there and uh, had that moment that me and my friend Tiffany would call that, whoa! Right. <laughs> kind of moment. Here is it. Here it is. I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. My God. <laughs> Baby, I was sitting in that conference room, me and producer Jesse, and I was like, Oh my God! And like, she came out the gate for Mike Bloomberg's neck and really did not let up on him tonight. But that, uh, she asked the question what is the case for Bloomberg, right? If, If so much of the last several years has been attacking or being critical of Trump's character and how he speaks about issues into different groups and and these types of things, not as much on the policy. A lot of the focus has been on who he is as a person. It's hard to make the case for, okay, we're going to nominate someone who's just all this stuff has come out this week about women, about trans people, about uh, minorities and stop and frisk and his and his like apology, non-apology for all of that. 
Um, and he still, even tonight, wouldn't apologize for it. Really, not for his words. Not <laughs> he kind of apologized for the policy, but wouldn't he didn't apologize, apologize for, no. for the words. Saying that he's sorry that how it went down right. is not, not an apology. apology. Right. That was just like okay, well, so if all the black and brown people were there and they were successful, and no one said anything. Yeah. Would that have made it successful? Throwing yeah. them up against the wall, we yeah. need to throw them up. He never right. said any like. No, he didn't. Yeah. So I want to actually want to play a part, a little bit of what Michael Bloomberg had to say because he was asked about stop and frisk, which is probably the most controversial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that he said and done. This is what he had to say. When I got into office, there were 650 murders a year in New York City. And I thought that my first responsibility was to give people the right to live. That's the basic right of everything. And we started, a, we adopted a policy which had been in place, uh, the policy that all big uh, police departments use of stop and frisk. What happened, however, was it got out of control. And when we discovered, I discovered that we were doing many, many, too many stop and frisks, we cut 95% of it out. So he goes on to like just talk about this as if it's you know not to defend yourself exactly right and so I I I look at this and as I even begin to hear you talk about this Matthew I feel like Republicans are really hoping for a Mike Bloomberg nomination he's I mean this is the test case for why him spending his way to the nomination is not a good idea because Mm -hmm. he's not battle tested he doesn't know how to defend himself he goes up there and he just I mean he was. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't charismatic. He was he was sloughing this off like, why do I have to even go through this? The fact that he couldn't separate the policy from his words, those, they were two different issues. I think you can have a discussion about stop and frisk, but there were words that he's on tape saying that now he's had four like high-profile opportunities like in, in interviews and everything to, to explain or to try to apologize for the words he used yeah. in describing minorities in that way and that 95% of all criminals look the same and and all these these things like explain that piece of it separate mm. from just the policy which he sure. didn't really do I, I want to get to Elizabeth Warren had a response I'm going to tell you right now like I think Elizabeth Warren is the person of the night and like most of the good moments I think came from Elizabeth Warren but uh, she responded to his quote-unquote yeah. apology uh, this is what she said I, I do think that this really is about leadership and accountability. When the mayor says that he apologized, listen very closely to the apology. The language he used is about stop and frisk. It's about how it turned out. Now, this isn't about how it turned out. This is about what it was designed to do to begin with. It targeted communities of color. It targeted black and brown men from the beginning. And if you want to issue a real apology, then the apology has to start with the intent of the plan as it was put together and the willful ignorance day by day by day of admitting what was happening even as people protested in your own street shutting out the sounds of people telling you how your own policy was All breaking right. their Senator, lives okay. you need a different apology Senator, here thank you i I Love thought that. she killed that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how he recovers from that. He doesn't. No. Yeah. And, and he also, didn't recover he's gonna from buy the first point. Like, I also, from the first moment. I also yeah. want to point out that Donald Trump also said that he was an ally of the Trump of the of the transgender community during uh, the 2016 election. I yeah. I distinctly remember he, after Caitlyn Jenner came out about transitioning, Donald Trump sat on the the plaza at 30 Rock on the Today Show and said, "You will have no greater ally than me." Okay, unless that, you're in the military. Um, well, right, but like he was saying how if you uh, you know if you are a transgender person or an LGBT person, um, you will have no greater ally than me. And then we've clearly seen that that's not been true. No. And so to even hear Michael Bloomberg coming out saying the things that he said about transgender people, um, he's not even like, I I don't even think he's even a little bit more credible than Donald Trump on this. That's the problem. You can't take the moral high ground, that that route of your nominee, then it's only just a difference in policy, right, at that point. Whereas that's not been the argument for years. It's been... We want someone that's going to bring honor and integrity back to the White House, and that's someone that's going to show respect for you know every you know all people in this country. That argument becomes less strong on the Democrat side if your nominee's Bloomberg because he's on record saying the stuff you know a yeah. lot of the stuff that's used against. So Donald you think Donald Trump is trash too? Great. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I said. Calm down, Liz. <laughs> Go ahead, Austin. But also, it's like it, it. You know, we don't want 
someone like Bloomberg in the White House. We don't want him to be the nominee because he's not a Democrat. He doesn't embody the values that the majority, the base of the Democratic Party, which are black and brown women, he doesn't embody that. And like, if he wants to get the votes of the majority of the Democratic Party who vote, he's not doing himself any favours. Yeah. And like, if he's still, if he makes it to the next debate, if he even somehow places in the next couple of states like I'll be really shocked but well, he's th- going to keep spending money and that's fine because he's we know what he's like um, well I think it's quite interesting I think what a lot of conversations surrounding Michael uh, Bloomberg is if he really had a problem with Trump if he really had a problem with what Trump is kind of doing in these past four years then uh, he should have just ran as a Republican right. he, he should have put his money where his mouth is and just kind of done that and I think that could have been a stronger way of getting Trump out of the, right, the White House at this point um, it feels like what are you there for and I'm happy that he was there because I know we quoted a tweet off air was you know someone saying well he paid money to be there and he also paid money to be slaughtered the tweet that I saw tonight was like uh, like Michael Bloomberg was publicly murdered tonight and the crazy thing is he paid for it yeah right yeah. And that's like, exactly I, what happened I don't yeah. think Michael Bloomberg did himself a single favor tonight no. I don't think he, he was not prepared I don't think there's anyone out there that was an undecided voter who was like you know I really gotta look at that Michael Bloomberg. No. <laughs> and I, what I, the, another thing I think that's going to come out of this is the fact that Michael Bloomberg has been surging in a lot of different places. Um, a new national poll has him in third place. Bernie Sanders at 27%, Joe Biden at 15%, and Michael Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren tied at 14%. The idea that Michael Bloomberg is one percentage mm. point away from Joe Biden mm. is crazy to me. Yeah. But I'm really curious to see how he fares after this debate after the transgender comments, after the stop and frisk comments, and like the next poll that will come out probably by the top of next week, I'm really curious to see how Michael Bloomberg is placing in there because I I don't see who is being swayed from. I don't know who his voter is right now. And I also like the fact that Elizabeth Warren went after him for his comments about women because as we've seen, like it's if he was running for the Republican nomination, saying that stuff about women might fly because, well, hello, example. Trump. Yeah. But in the Democratic Party, that's not going to fly. So, and then you can't, you know, she, and she didn't just hammer him on one point. She kind of kept at him like, okay, so are they released on those NDAs? Can they speak? Yeah. Well, well, how many are there? But that really speaks to Michael Bloomberg's team and the people surrounding him because it seems like he's literally just paying them to just take up space and to just put out in text yeah. and do all these things. I know I saw something earlier on social media where they were saying um, new roles that he's having and they're paying $2,500 either per month or like bi-weekly to people um, just to tweet out things about him and make sure they're like tweeting, you know, or texting, you know, people in their contacts once a day and things like that. It doesn't really seem like he's, it's trying to, it seems like this is a pissing match for him. It doesn't really seem like he's doing He known he was going to get asked those questions and yet he seemed completely unprepared to be able to ask or answer them in any kind of a human way that would relate to people. So that was actually was something that was kind of wild to me because I I've heard like Michael Bloomberg has been preparing for this he's been getting ready and blah 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 and and also like this was his first debate right and like historically first debates don't tend to always go well for candidates however he was so bad in this <laughs> that I came away thinking like he didn't try he didn't try he no. looked he came across looking like. A jackass. But you know, that's and what that's I, not really the word I want to use, but the word I want to use, yeah, I can't say on the radio. But right that's yet. what I've been saying about how he's been running his campaign. It feels very like, oh, I have to deal with you poor people. Right. Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah. like he's actually a people person. It's not like no. that he's likable. I think if he would have took that debate stage and actually showed a little bit of personality, maybe some charisma, because like we discussed, and you said it perfectly, where it's, uh, you know, Donald Trump has some charisma to him, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it, it shows that he Don't literally... Don't second that, Matthew. Well, we're watching it. But, but, I mean, he, to but he went and did the rallies. Yeah. He met with the people. He and did all the stuff that like Bloomberg's him. not doing, no. which helped him by the time he got to the nomination. He knew how to talk about these issues. Right. I mean, Bloomberg talking about his, his taxes. Right. This was, that was the most. Well, that was one of the most cringiest moments mm. I've ever seen in my entire life. And it really just showed me, like, yeah, I'm way poorer than him. And why is he even taking up space right now? Right. So I, I want to play this clip that uh, came from Elizabeth Warren and Bernie. Excuse me, Elizabeth Warren's exchange with Michael Bloomberg uh, about the non-disclosure agreements. We don't have time right now. We're going to take a a break in just a moment, um, and then we'll play that clip. But Elizabeth Warren really was the attack, on the attack tonight um, with Michael Bloomberg. But there was also a moment with Pete Buttigieg that I thought was really, really uh, a a good moment. And I'm like, 
going to be like clear and direct. Like, I don't think Pete Buttigieg is the best candidate for us, right? For for Democrats. Who How, does? However, I mean, a lot of people, <laughs> Pete apparently. Uh, I was going to say 13% <laughs> of Americans, according to a new NBC poll. However, I do think that what he said in this moment was really, really useful. And most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that pa- money ought to be the, the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who actually lives and works in a middle-class neighborhood in an industrial Midwestern city. Let's put forward somebody who's actually a Democrat. Look, I thought that moment was very interesting because I thought like people people don't think enough about the fact that Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. He caucuses with the Democrats and is running as one, but he's he's identified as an independent. Michael Bloomberg came into office in in New York as the mayor um, as a Republican and then left office as an independent. And Supported only George be- W. Bush. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and only yeah. recently be- um, became an, uh, a Democrat. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get into this exchange that happened between Michael Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren because it was so telling about who Michael Bloomberg probably really is. Um, and, and talking with friends who live in New York, they cannot stand him. And uh, I think we'll get a little bit of an understanding why. You're listening to Debate Night and Late Night with Jared Hill. We're coming right back. Debate Night and Late Night with Jared Hill. Welcome back to Debate Night and Late Night. I'm Jared Hill. I am joined by my esteemed panel of uh, interesting folks. I got Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan. Hi. Oh, sorry. There you, we go. You did that on There's, purpose. I did, because yeah. you, know, you kind of run me sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Asha Daya, who is the founder of Girl Talk HQ and the writer of the hello. new book, Today's Wonder Women. Yes, hello. And we have Matthew Craffy, who is from uh, the, he's the chairman of the Log Cabin Republicans of California, which he corrected me on uh, in, the, in the green room <laughs> earlier. Um, so I wanted to get into this conversation about this exchange that happened between um, Elizabeth Warren and Mike Bloomberg, because we were talking about how they were kind of the spiciest two with each other tonight. And uh, this is a bit of a longer clip, so we're going to start it and stop it because I thought it was a really, really telling exchange about Michael Bloomberg. Um, from the way, the, from the looks on his face to the ways that uh, they kind of like uh, addressed each other, it was really kind of mind-blowing to me the way that, he, how bad he was in this moment. Uh, take a listen. And I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. <laughs> has to stand on his record. And what we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there. He has gotten some number of women, dozens, who knows, to sign non-disclosure agreements, both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace. So, Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? Now, I have to tell you, Michael Bloomberg is looking very smug on camera at this mm-hmm. point, right? She has really come after him about his 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 history with women. This is after she's already said the bit about him calling women, uh, what is it, horse-faced something or other. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, she's really digging into him. And he is just... I don't know what it is about about Michael Bloomberg, but he is not able to like respond to. He this looks well. dead inside. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I but, think there's a reason why he's smug because pe- men like him have been in power for so long and have gotten away with it. Yeah. And that's what the whole Me Too movement is about. So he has never been challenged on that position ever until and, now. And I think a woman calling him out on it probably made him feel oh, a little bit of a yes. way. We'll continue. We have a very few. Non-disclosure agreements. How, how many Let is that? Let me finish. How many is that? None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. And let me just... Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> maybe Does they didn't know? like a joke I told. Like, how Trumpy can you be? Yeah. Which I thought was maybe a little softer than Donald Trump might have delivered it, <clears throat> but was still awful. In, in, in comparison. Yeah. Does he know what harassment is? Like, does he know what the like blurred lines are? Absolutely. No, of course exactly. not. Yeah. He's on record saying some pretty, I mean, like, we know what some of the comments are. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, exactly. We'll continue. And let me put, there's a be- agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. They signed those agreements, so, and we'll live with it. So wait, but, when you say it is up to, I just want to be clear. Some is how many? <laughs> And when you and 
when you say they signed them and they wanted them, if they wish now to speak out and tell their side of the story about what it is they allege, that's now okay with you? You're releasing them on television tonight? Senator? No. So, I love Biden's, come on. Exactly. So this was surgical to me. I think Elizabeth Warren knew exactly what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. I think she knew that he was going to respond to it that way because he's probably responded to that way in other places. And I think she knew he was going to say that and then was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to gut punch that ass. I think that she really knew that she was going to come in here. Um, I also want to I want to bring in Karen Oakham from the Los Angeles Blade because she's done a lot of reporting on uh, Michael Bloomberg. And you, you have perspective on him that other um, people don't necessarily have. This exchange that uh, we heard from him, I I was really taken aback by how poorly he handled it. Um, What did you think about it? Well, hello, and thank you for having me on. Of course. Um, God, a couple of things. Um, First of all, I agree with you that uh, I think that Elizabeth Warren had a terrific night, but it ain't going to mean a thing if she can't bring in the money, because... We're talking about Nevada. We're talking about South Carolina. If she can't make it to Super Tuesday and then after Super Tuesday, I don't know what all of this means. But what is now regarding Bloomberg? Yes. He ain't got no charisma. I don't even know why you think that. I mean, don't even start there. He doesn't have any. He, you know, smiles upon occasion, but, you know, eh, so what? You know, it's that's not what he's there for. I think he told us what he was there for. He's there as a manager. He looks at the presidency as a management position, which I found very interesting. The other thing is, is that, you know, that question that, uh, what's his name, Tom, uh, Todd, uh, Chuck Todd asked about uh, if if nobody has uh, a majority of delegates going into the convention, will a plurality do? And everybody said no except Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders right now is like at 40% or something. So he wants that plurality. But as uh, you just played the, you know, Pete Buttigieg saying we should have a Democrat. And Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat, and Bloomberg claims to be. He's registered as one. But those are the two who are heading for a brokered convention. I think that's and an, I think I've, that Bloomberg was speaking tonight to a whole group that you guys haven't even addressed right now, which are the never-Trumpers, independents, and not yet shed their Republican skin. Okay, but Karen, let me hold you right there. Because okay. if, if you're a never-Trumper, whomever this person, the, the voter is, that's a never-Trumper, right? If you're a never-Trumper and you see a Michael Bloomberg Berg. Are you really moved to it's vote the for same him? Problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is, the, is, is the never Trumper going to vote Wait for Michael Bloomberg? It's not a question of being moved. It's a question of can he beat Trump? Because remember, one of the things about Trump is that so many of the people liked Trump because they wanted to be Trump. It's kind of like playing the lottery. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bloomberg is kind of offering the same thing. If you look at his ads, he talks about being a poor kid who built a company himself and became a billionaire. And that's part of the American dream that nobody's speaking to. So he's kind of the the flip side of that yearning to be rich that a lot of people have. Asha, I see you shaking your head. Talk to me about what you're thinking. Well, I mean, I, I understand what Karen's trying to say, but I don't think that Bloomberg has the same appeal as... Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, this, no, in, not the appeal. In, <laughs> even in the aspirational aspect, like, it, it, you know, you're saying, like, people want to, you know, people are looking to Trump and Bloomberg. They want to see themselves. They want to be rich. I don't think Bloomberg is able to tap into that aspiration in those people the way, the same way Trump has because of his charisma. I, I think well, that but his commercials are out there, so they're almost like... If you look at the polls, the polls are there because he's he's already running a national campaign. $400 million. So, but that's Karen, not enough, so I don't that's think. That's the problem. There's such a disconnect between the commercials that make him look yeah. shiny and sharp and, tonight. and when you actually hear him speak. And I think if it comes down to... 
someone that has no charisma that can't he's not really selling even a plan i mean people don't really know where he stands on every issues the way that they had to get to know trump by this point because he was out there all the time he's not out there he's selling commercials he's saying what people what sounds great to everybody but but there's not like a whole lot there i just don't think gun, gun violence He's gotten a lot of people elected. There are a lot of people. I mean, dare I say that stop and frisk was was just a a point that people alighted upon tonight and then moved on. I mean, it's like there's so much going on and at such a fast pace. I think people are some people are giving Bloomberg a pass for being sort of rusty at this because, you know, he hasn't done it since he ran for mayor. We'll see what happens the next time he's on the stage. So, Karen, but I'm sure he's going to be a a lot more practiced. Look, he had a shot at Bernie Sanders tonight that I think will get picked up by a lot of people. He had a quote in there, obviously a practice quote. But what he said is, what a wonderful country we have. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. I, I and, don't you know. know here is Karen, but I don't, think, that's, I don't think that hit in the way I don't we're think thinking. That's connecting with, with <laughs> voters in the way that that uh, that you're seeing it. But however, I do want to say that um, kind of to Karen's point, three Super Tuesday states have Bloomberg ranked number one in polling: North Carolina, Arkansas, um, and Oklahoma. To be fair, in North Carolina, he's tied with Sanders at 22. percent But those three states have Michael Bloomberg as number one, and I'm trying to understand mm. who is the Bloomberg voter and do they hold on past this week because this week has not been a good one and last week was not a good one for him either and I I, I just don't know I think that Mike Bloomberg really really hurt himself tonight um, Ryan you're, you're kind of rolling your eyes at, at Mike Bloomberg what are you thinking um, I think I see where Karen's coming from, but then I don't at all because I I just don't understand <laughs> if we were watching the same debate. I think he looked like a deer in headlights that didn't want to be there, and the, and I don't I think agree he agree with you. He totally did, but he at, when he got challenged towards the end, he really perked up and he kind of got you know his back up and came back. Girl, I don't know. His back looked broke to me. And <laughs> I was going to say, I, don't, I, I didn't see I, that. And, and I mean that in all respect because I think there was something to be said about even the way he was trying to kind of, you know, switch the narrative of saying, well, I did this, I did that. That was a very typical response that anyone could have gave. And I don't think he really um, had this huge platform and I don't think he really addressed anything. And I also don't think Bernie Sanders addressed um, his whole, yeah, he's a millionaire and he also has yeah. three houses and he also also didn't address the Bernie bros. There's a lot of things that I, I don't think a lot of people did. I don't know. Bernie is in a, a secure very spot. Important point because nobody has come for Bernie Sanders at all. And now because they went after these leaders, these women leaders of the culinary union, and I don't know if you saw what they did with Mayor Pete at, after uh, Pete won Iowa in the delegate selection, but they had on Twitter, they had trending Mayor Cheat. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I have a piece that's up uh, now on LosAngelesBlade.com talking about the Bernie Bros. Finally, people are talking about that. And they had a there was a staff member from Bernie's campaign who said that people who were asking Bernie to release all his medical records, that's a version of birtherism. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I saw yeah, that clip. That, was that clip was like, oh, my God. So I want to I want to oh, jump oh into God. this part because oh Bernie Sanders, part of the, the concern that some Democrats have about Bernie Sanders, um, and I'm a person that has a concern about Bernie Sanders as well, is the the, the idea of the Bernie bro, right? The Bernie bro that is very aggressive on Twitter that will come after anyone who's not a Bernie Sanders um, supporter, that that kind of uh, person that we see a lot on social media. They they asked Bernie Sanders a little bit about that. This is what he had to say. We have over 10.6 million people on Twitter and 99.9% of them are decent human beings, are working people, are people who believe in justice, compassion, and love. And if there are a few people who make ugly remarks, who attack trade union leaders, I disown those people. They are not part of our movement. Matthew. Yeah, I I think a little bit after that, or maybe it was before that, he, he mentioned, like, 
you know, kind of a conspiracy that the Russians were maybe behind some of these attacks. Lord. Um, I, I think that it moment was he you. got he, <laughs> he got kind of flustered for the first time. I, I've I've you know been on here a number of times and have you know given Bernie Sanders a lot of credit for for being consistent in his debate performance. And tonight, overall, mm-hmm. he was mostly still okay. But Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Buttigieg, I think got the best of him a couple different points. One about um, trying to say that. You know, you're you can't just say you're only for poor people because you're a socialist. I care about poor people too. Mm-hmm. Making that point, um, but also when it came to challenging, you know, the Bernie Bros mm-hmm. and Sanders wanted to deflect it and got really rattled by it. He looked rattled by it and then went into kind of a conspiracy theory, which I'd never yeah. really quite seen happen with him before, and I thought that was an interesting moment. It's not yeah. the first time that he's been questioned about it. If you've been kind of following yeah. him um, during, during this whole entire campaign, he has been questioned about it, but yeah. he has that same response. Mm. There's there's nothing really to it. It's just like, oh, they're not a part of me. I don't support it. Right. Right. Um, but I think it's just how Trump does with his own people. It's just like, yeah, they're saying all these terrible things about you know immigrants or black and brown people and all these things but guess what I, I, it's not me it's not me right. and I think that's how you kind of that's how you kind of balance the, the cults yeah we were saying it before like that's the way Trump does it with you know like the white supremacists and yes. the Nazis he's just like bad people on both sides but he wants their vote and yeah. it's the same with Bernie Sanders like I don't think he had the best night tonight on this debate because it, you know I think it's great that the mainstream media is finally starting to talk about the toxic culture of the Bernie bros and how it's affecting certain different groups of people because I think that could come back to bite Bernie in the ass like if it keeps getting bigger and bigger you know if he doesn't win every single state so I I think one of my concerns about Bernie Sanders is that like it is a little dog whistly to the to some people where it's like oh we don't we don't support that and number one I'm not pretty I'm not so sure that it's 99.9% that are good it might yeah. be like a 90% right because oh, like there are a lot of, of the Bernie bros out there that are a very lot. very uh, that are pretty vehement I think also something that was interesting tonight um, came from uh, was, l- was looking at the statistics I'm always fascinated by the numbers of, of how they kind of calculate who all spoke the most and who spoke the least Elizabeth Warren spoke the most tonight and I, As she should. I, well, yeah. I think that Elizabeth Warren had the best night, and I don't know if it was so the much only about the, one that had the best night. I don't know if it's so much about how much she spoke, but I think she also spoke a lot, and she spoke very well yes. every time that she stepped. She up was to playing the night. chess. She used every moment, all the way up to the end of the night. Though um, Mike th- Joe Biden had spoken the least, and I think Joe Biden. I don't know what it's going to take for Joe Biden at this point. I mean, he's he's really expecting to do well in South Carolina, but I think that Elizabeth Warren did herself the best favor tonight, and I think that Joe Biden probably... Joe Biden and Mike Bloomberg are competing for who did the worst tonight. Biden mm-hmm. got lost in the shuffle. I mean, he just... he yeah. For the yeah. first 30 minutes of that, he was nowhere to be seen. He didn't seem like he wanted to jump in there on, on those questions. He doesn't it's want to jump in, is. and I was saying to you all before we came in the studio... I hate that he always yields his time. Yeah, I mean, we all get annoyed with the person who keeps talking and talking and talking, or the person who jumps in. But like, you're throwing away your last five yeah. seconds. Like, you want to be the who president. does that? But you know I think I mean? he, for me, I feel like he gets so overwhelmed, and I feel yeah. like we saw it today where he was stumbling. He was like paying so close attention to that clock; it really got to him. Mm. And I think that's something that we've seen over the times. But tonight, particularly, it felt like oh, that number was kind of giving and raising his anxiety. If you want to kind of think about it in that way, and uh, to go back to kind of the Bloomberg point, um, according to um, uh, CNN. Uh, uh, what's her name? Christina Alici or Alici or whatever her name is, business and politics correspondent for CNN. Um, I guess Bloomberg's campaign they issued a statement. They were saying he's just warming up tonight. We fully expect Mike will continue <laughs> oh, to build God. on tonight's performance when he appears on the stage in South Carolina next Tuesday. And so yeah. that's interesting because surrogates always. Uh, Nicole Wallace was talking about this on MSNBC, saying like, if you're a campaign surrogate, your job after a debate is to go out and talk about you why your to. candidate won. <laughs> Right. And so to come out with a statement saying that he's just warming up, Mm. you know that you bombed tonight. And if you talk to anyone in New York politics, they'll all tell you he's a notoriously bad campaigner. He's the worst. He's Mm. he's boring to listen to. Oh, my God. As mayor, he'd give these just rambling, long press conferences that would would go on for forever. People would be falling asleep (laughs) in the room. You know, he just was not dynamic to listen to. And yeah. he's just not a good campaigner. He doesn't like to do it. 
And, I, but he's going to have to. He's going to use his money. Time. Right, exactly. But didn't he also, like, the the rules change specifically for him? He got the rules changed for him to be reelected one so, more time, yeah. Mm, I don't it's know. a little autocratic. <laughs> I, right. I, do, I do know that one of, one of the tweets that I saw tonight that was kind of crazy to me said, not only did Bloomberg get publicly murdered tonight, he paid for it. And I thought that was, On <laughs> one, I thought it was hilarious, but two, I thought it was interesting that Bloomberg has, there's been all this talk about how much prep he's been doing, getting ready for this, um, and to and how much money he spent in this campaign to show up tonight this way. To not do anything. To not do anything. If you wanted to give money away, then just give it to me. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's what he was saying. Like, I'm I'll like, give yeah. all my money away. Mm-hmm. Who's prepping him? It ain't Tony Robbins, that's for sure. I, I don't know who's prepping <laughs> First him. First of all, Tony Robbins should be prepping anybody. We know his well, history. Well, he prepped Mitt Romney. Tony Robbins. Remember, <laughs> some of the debates against Obama. Yeah, well, well. Tony Robbins well, But there's be a whole other thing that's going on as well, which is that whole, there were two shots, you know, showing... Bloomberg and Bernie Sanders. And that, for a lot of, like, independent viewers, if you will, is kind of sizing things up because Bernie Sanders turned to Michael Bloomberg and said he was immoral because he was a billionaire. And and Bloomberg said, you know, that he didn't have a problem with it. He worked very hard to become a billionaire. So you're seeing these two guys who are not Democrats, um, who represent the ultra, ultra, ultra capitalism and the as far socialist as you can get before becoming a communist. Somebody oh. said that was taken. Can I make a this point shot. though? Can I make mm. this point? I think watching Bloomberg and uh and Sanders even argue about who was richer or who had the most money <laughs> is peak white <laughs> privilege. Yes. And, so and the idea of Bernie even kind of fueling that in some ways clearly shows how even detached that he is totally. from his own yeah. message. Okay, so I felt that way about a comment that Biden made tonight as well. But Joe Biden talked tonight and I, we don't have a clip of it, but he he talked tonight about how, for the longest time, they always called him the poorest, you know, elected official in Congress or something like Everybody that. Everybody poor when they're running yeah. for president. Well, but they <laughs> said he said that, and then he said that he never really made any money until he wrote a book about his son and was surprised by how well it did. And I'm like. I think that anyone who knows what a senator or a congressperson makes, about $165,000 to $185,000, and maybe a little bit more if you're in a higher level office, you make that every year. And then as president, as vice president of the United States, he makes above $200,000 um, a year. And it's like, most Americans will never make that much money. At all. And so to hear yeah. Joe Biden even say that in a place, in a time where we're like talking about economic inequality mm-hmm. and billionaires, and it just, it felt so, it, it hit me as so tone deaf that I, I was really shocked to hear Joe Biden say something like that. But well, then again, not only tone deaf, but step back. If he, in fact, is the poorest person in Congress. <laughs> or in the Senate, that means all these other people are incredibly rich. So how the hell do you become a senator? Interesting. Yeah. Well, Karen... Uh, I mean, it's... I don't want to use the term oligarchy, but, you know, it's... uh, It is kind of scary that, you know, you have... Harry Truman, who used to be a haberdasher, for heaven's sake, and then went through local politics and, you know, got to be VP, and then FDR died and he became president. Uh, You know, citizen politicians of the old day. I want to know from you guys what you think is happening with Amy Klobuchar. So I actually was going to play a clip from Amy Klobuchar uh, after the break, but Amy Klobuchar... Drowned. uh, Well, Amy Klobuchar was constantly under the ire of Pete Buttigieg, Mm. right? Like, Pete Buttigieg kept coming after her, and Amy Klobuchar did have a good moment where she was kind of uh, responding to Pete Buttigieg. Here's that. Um, Just kidding. It's not... (laughs) That didn't work out. Um, okay, so anyhow, um, she was talking to him about how she's been the one in the arena. She was saying yeah. that mm-hmm. I have cont- continuously been the person that uh, has been fighting for legislation, fighting for Americans, and like it's very Foster convenient for you to bills. be able to talk about exactly. Yeah. And then Pete Buttigieg was responding to her and talking about uh, you know Latin American people and started speaking in Spanish, uh, yeah. which is always crazy. Which I felt yeah. that was a terrible look on Pete Buttigieg, in my opinion. That's I. Um, I felt like that was just a moment that 
especially when bringing up kind of like the the clip of her forgetting the president of Mexico's name. Right. We all knew that was a terrible flop for her. Right. And I don't think anyone was going to acknowledge it because like Elizabeth Warren said when she came to the defense, it's like he was acting like, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing at all instead mm. of having a human moment. And yes, she should have known. I mean, she but should she be held accountable for that. by saying this isn't Jeopardy when she went, when she was asked about it, like this isn't Jeopardy. Like, well, she was joking, but that's how she, that's yeah. what she does. I just think P. Buttigieg was like literally hitting at low hanging fruit. Yeah. And I, I mm. and I, I know Amy Klobuchar is like not someone that we're thinking like is going to like slay this thing but I just felt I felt really bad for her in that moment yeah, where, and I felt like it was had a good was, night except for that except for a couple of it just shows how arrogant night. he was the first was bit of it arrogant. she was more she, com- comfortable than she usually is and she did own it too when she said yes I made an error and wouldn't it be great to have a president who owns their mistakes and admits them and right. you know shows that they're human and I think that was a good look for her because you know it's it, she was already flustered in the moment and it, you know what are you going to do when you're back against the wall you can right. either, of course you gotta own it and, Karen yeah. Um, I'm gonna. We have like 30 seconds here. Tell me what did you what did you see with Amy Klobuchar tonight? Well, I thought that uh, she kind of, in a way, represented the swamp, if you will, when she kept talking about I've passed all these bills and all this, and then Pete turns around and says, "You act as if what we do in cities doesn't matter." Mm. And I just wrote a piece, uh, my whole cover story is about the DA's race, the LADA's race, and the introduction to it is about how on the federal level, we've screwed ourselves on the rule of law, so we need to start looking locally to have the rule of law matter. So this whole thing about the importance of what happens in the Senate which isn't going anywhere no matter how many bills you pass versus what can happen in cities, I thought was a really important point that got too glossed over. But it could speak to that swamp thing. All right. Um, Karen, I really appreciate you joining us tonight and being on the phone with us. Uh, Tell people where they can find out more information about all the work that you're writing and working on. LosAngelesBlade.com, and thank you. Of course, of course. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, our final thoughts on the night, and uh, I think we might be clear on what we think about this, but who won the debate tonight? We'll, uh, we'll take a look at Klobuchar. that. And what we- <laughs> Oh, you're funny now. You're funny. Uh, we're- and then also, what does this mean for the caucus coming up this weekend? All that's coming up next. Debate night in late night with Jared Hill. You have not been in the arena doing that work. You've memorized a bunch of talking points and a bunch of things. But I can tell you one thing. What the people of this country want, they want a leader that has the heart for the immigrants of this country. And that is me. Amy Klobuchar coming back at Pete Buttigieg, who was all over her all night long. And that was a great moment for her. Um, But then I think that was the moment that soon after that, he started speaking in Spanish and I wanted to jump off a bridge. It was awful. It was a little content. Uh, Welcome back to to Debate Night and Late Night. I'm Jared Hill. I'm joined by my panel of colleagues. I have Matthew Craffey from the Log Cabin Republicans of California. Hey there. I have author and founder of Girl Talk HQ, Ashadaya. Hello. And Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There with Sherry and Ryan. Hi. Okay, so one of the things that happened tonight that I I, I want to talk to you guys about, we played this this clip earlier from Pete Buttigieg um, about him saying that he felt like we needed to make sure that we elected a, a Democrat. And I thought that was interesting. It's a, a pretty short clip, but I want to play it one more time because I do think it's an important point. Um, we'll take a listen to uh, that one more time. And most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that money ought to be the the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who actually lives and works in a middle-class neighborhood in an industrial Midwestern city. Let's put forward somebody who's actually a Democrat. Look. So... I thought that that was a really important point that he made. And I wanted to to kind of talk to you guys. Do you think that's going to resonate with American people? I don't know if it's going to move necessarily people to, to Pete Buttigieg, but I want to know how do you think that landed tonight? I feel like the first part of that was great, you know, but th- but then he kind of got a bit condescending towards the, the end where he's like, why don't we elect someone from the middle? Like, I, I just hate when people do that. It's like the only real Americans are us folks in the middle in the Midwestern states. It's like you could have made that great point and just left the, 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 the tail end of that off. Well, I, I, I part of what I think is interesting about that is what's unique about Nevada is that 
Again, Nevada, Nevada. Nevada? 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 I've never been sure on that. Yeah, Nevada. Nevada. We'll say Nevada. just piss everybody off. Um, but what's interesting about Nevada is that it is a state that is, you know, half half of it is minority, right? Mm. And the first two states that we've seen have been majority white states. And that is going to probably have a major impact on the way that these results come out. And when he made that that play, I thought to myself, that was an interesting piece of strategy. And I'm, I'm curious how that's going to work on Saturday when it comes time to caucus. Um, but did it land, though, is my question. Because I think later on, one of the moderators, I don't know if it was Chuck Taylor, Chuck Taylor. Uh, or whatever his name is. I mm-hmm. Actually, I really hate that guy. Chuck, um, wow. But I actually, someone made up uh, the point of bringing up uh, Pete Buttigieg's history of actually liking Bernie Sanders at one point and right. uh, mm. speaking about him. And so I wondered if people connected that because at one moment, um, it really speaks to kind of uh, people to just this journey through, that we've seen in this campaign where he was very progressive yes. and now he's kind of uh, trailing over to the middle and it's right. like, who are you, girl? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. clearly no one knows. Yeah, He's going where where he thinks there's a lane for him. For sure. He saw a Joe Biden fading and he decided, oh, that's the lane that's where there's some space. Yeah. So I don't know how genuine so. it is. So I, I heard that point and then later on when I saw the other point, I was like, wow, I wonder how many people are actually connecting that because that is actually more telling than the original point that he's trying to make there. Because well, I don't know that it's going to move people to Pete Buttigieg. Right? Like, I don't think nothing so. will. He's always been good with words. But I, and not for sure black or brown voters. He still no. has a major no, 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 problem that's not, with that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm more so saying I think that the message of it might have rung in some people's ears like, wait a minute, who are we choosing here? Because if if the top two candidates uh, are Michael Bloomberg and Bernie Sanders, depending on how you look at the measurements, it is rather interesting that the top two candidates, it neither one of them point. has he been a long term. in a powerful way. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I thought that, yeah. that, that sat with me and I, I, didn't, I never forgot that. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? Are we saying we should be reshaping how we look at the Democratic Party or should we, you know, I mean, what what does that truly mean? Because obviously we've had these conversations about what we're seeing currently on that stage, mostly white people, only white people, mm-hmm. and how it started, this whole campaign started with a lot of people of color was the most diverse that we've ever mm-hmm. seen. So it's like, what are we saying here? Bloomberg's obviously not the choice, in my humble opinion. And is Bernie really the choice? I'm not sure completely yet. Well, but so, so the problem is, like, they both lead, right? And I think that's going to change after this. Uh, but mind you, I'm, I'm surprised to see Bloomberg doing as well as he is. So, you know, what the hell do I know? Well, because people yes. watch TV. Well, exactly. <laughs> but that's people watch point. TV. Exactly. But, and not all the demographics that you want, like a lot of millennials don't watch TV this? in the same way that the yeah. CNN's, you know, made audience watches right. TV. So it's like all the, you know, you, we can't just put Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders and some, you know, Count the whole race out just based on two states, you know, and the wider, <gasps> sure. the wider state. So, Ooh, but I also, Ryan, you just, Ryan go ahead. So I had a moment. I had a moment because I remembered. Remember, uh, they even called out Pete Buttigieg about kind of his uh, disconnect with other millennials, and he is a millennial. He's on the cusp, yeah, right. and I thought that was actually quite powerful because mm. there is there's so many people are talking about him, especially me. I think I've been critical of him. You um, think you've been critical <laughs> just of a him? little bit? Um, it's because, him and Taylor Swift. They are I neither mean, one. Woo! Two white people that are just on my list. Um, I think it's interesting to talk about that disconnect because he is supposed to be kind of speaking for people that would be considered voting for Bernie, that, that age range. Yes, that's and so it's, it's so it's it's wild that he's not. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. he's not even trying to in some point. Well, I mean, that could be a strategy on his part because millennials, for the most part, haven't been a huge voting block this election. They will yeah. be for the first time. And especially 2024, the majority of the electorate have been, you know, the kind of people that he's going after, like you said, the Joe Biden lane and that demographic. Which so, is why uh, he's hiding his queerness. It, no shade, sorry. Who, Lord. Joe Biden? This- no, 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 I'm people to judge. <laughs> no, we, we, <laughs> we have strong disagreements on this because we had a whole conversation about, about how queer... All people don't want to see you being gay as, as AF being gay. in front of them. So that's why he's... he's. I feel like more older people are moderate than millennials. I, yeah. And I think that's yeah. the reason why if he's going to go in that lane, he's like, okay, let me take a step back and not put my best foot forward when it comes to that. Now, maybe if he right. did do that in some ways, maybe he would be pulling in kind of the newer progressive millennials that we're seeing 
voting um, who are going to be you know voting yeah. for Bernie Sanders. Who knows? So I don't what, know. One of the things I think is interesting about this also is that Mike Bloomberg is not really running in Nevada, right? And so like him being on the stage tonight was more of a national play because he's not really trying to compete in Nevada. He's not trying to compete in South Carolina. But I'm, I I do have to wonder how that's going to impact him on Super Tuesday. Um, mm. And I, I guess for me, I want to know, Matthew, as we uh, get into our final minutes here, who do you think won this night and what do you think it does for Saturday? Um, I think I think Elizabeth Warren and uh, Pete Buttigieg won. I, I think, though, the problem is, I unlike I think maybe some of you, I think that she won, but I don't think it moves her up. I think we've had a lot of these shows where we felt she's done a, a really great job. She's been really strong, and yet the polling stays the same or goes down. I just Ooh. don't know that she moved the needle in favor of her policies. Well, but in that third what, debate, what I think it was the third debate, um, she had a really strong performance, and it, it did a really good job for her in polling after that. We'll see how that, because now that, the, that polling really matters, right? Because people are actually voting, I think, as opposed to like being in that long run-up. But I think the problem is, is that that progressive lane has really united behind Bernie. I think there was a period after his heart attack where there was some, like, okay, if it's not Bernie, who else do we go to? And there was some flirtation with going to... to uh, Elizabeth Warren, and that's all moved back and consolidated. To I don't Bernie, know. She got a just... ton of dem- uh, donations today. Her CMO, mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin Mitchell, tweeted out that they're close to their seven million before Nevada. So that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's I, just I think my we'll prediction. See, uh, Asha, looking ahead to Saturday's caucus in Nevada, what do you think? I think Elizabeth Warren is going to do really well. I think we're going to see because of tonight. Because of tonight, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to hurt. Uh, the night is going to hurt Joe Biden. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a um, what's the word? A, a reckoning or some uh, like a. It's a really going to show whether he's got a path forward or not. Yeah, and um, maybe that's Even for the before best. South Carolina. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's hedged all his bets on South Carolina. He's like, that's the state that's going to show. I, you know, it's I'm going to course correct and I'm going to yeah. be, uh, you know, number one again. It's like, no. Do you, you think play- Elizabeth Warren is the winner on Saturday? Oh, that's what you're asking. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I'm asking. That's a new question. I hope so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Bernie Sanders wins, mm-hmm. but if she does win, I'll I'll obviously be happy. Ryan. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to tell you that this is the end for Michael Bloomberg, but I do think after reviewing everything and just seeing how we as people just vote and I think how people are taking in this form of media when it comes to politics, I think they're just going to continue to watch his commercials and see him shaking hands with President Obama and it's still going to do what mm. it does for them, which is quite sad, but I think Elizabeth Warren slayed tonight um, and I think she proved to people more so than any other uh, debate that she's done how much she is into this and the, her policies and how she could actually yes. go head to head with Trump. Ryan, Absolutely. tell people where they can find you here on Channel Q. Oh my goodness. Every day, Monday through Friday, uh, four to seven. Let's go there with Sharon Ryan and at the Slay God, G-A-W-T. Uh, Asha, tell people where they can find you. At Asha Dye on Twitter and GirlTalkHQ.com. Matthew, where can people find out more about what uh, you are doing? Oh, Matthew Craffy underscore WCM on Instagram. All right. And uh, I'm Jared Hill. You can catch me here for uh, special nights on elections and you can catch a Check out my new podcast called Fanti. It's available tomorrow morning with our brand new episode, F-A-N-T-I. I thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. Debate Night in Late Night with Jared Hill.